I have this really long message for you that I'm not speaking today. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I really want to, uh, I would like to ask the Lord, I do, I ask you, Lord, help us to understand worship from heaven's point of view and grant us as the worshipers entrance into your kingdom and glory. Give us an understanding so that we may be that people that you've chosen to make your name great in the world, in the earth. Lord, I do thank you for this because I know that it's your will. So may we see it, grant us eyes to see it in this season of first fruits. I praise you for this in Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Uh, making his name great is a theme that runs actually through the scripture. But you see more of it in the Old Testament. And it's manifest in the life of Jesus and the church in the new. I thought I would, I would, uh, I, I just paint the uh, paint the picture for you. Picking up from where I left off last week, turning to your neighbor and tell them, "Handle that dime. Handle that dime. Got to handle that dime." I was attempting to help you understand, and I believe, I believe you did. I was checking. I was checking out your giving uh, this past week, and it appears that you actually are getting it. It's just that sometimes you, you, you would think that God, the way God chooses to bless you and I, because he promised that, the way he chooses to do that is not the way men would choose. It's really clear that God's people, when he delivered them from bondage, they did not understand it. God was trying, God was going for their heart. And they didn't get that. I'm going to give you a scripture I'd like you to hang with uh, these next few weeks. Uh, it's, Malachi, it's the book of Malachi. In fact, Malachi is the last word in the Old Testament. It's the last book of the Old Testament. It's really among the prophets that were prophesying during the restoration of Israel. Having been in captivity and now God bringing them back to their land. And that's kind of interesting because they were in captivity the first time he talked to them about this. They were slaves. And God, as we rehearsed last week, last couple of weeks, God, it was his intention, his mind, to free his people. And I, 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 I've said this to you, it keeps coming back to me, that slaves are just as sinful as oppressors. To this very day, it's the same thing. It's not because they were so good that God delivered them. Because God is so great. God makes choices and then we have to respond to his choices. God chose you. You did not choose him. He chose you. What you did is responded to him, to God's choice. You didn't have to. You could have kept on the same way you were going. Some of you still have. But it's God's choice. Salvation is of God. 
just like they were crying aloud in Egypt for, for deliverance. They were crying. The Lord said, your cries have come up to me. I've heard you. So in response, I've sent you a deliverer. And with, an, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God delivered those people. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God delivered you. As I said last week, but the problem is when God delivers you, he does it for a purpose. If you don't understand God's purpose, you will abuse his deliverance. That's exactly what they did. And here we are, we're, we're a few hundred years on down the road and, and, and Israel has been in captivity living among the nations instead of in their own place that God had for them. And they got there because of their worship. Because their worship was, was, was a clear sign in the face of God of what they really thought about God. Their worship, the true, where they really were in their heart, their worship reflects their heart and their mind about who God is. One of, one of the challenges I have right now with the church is we can go through the motions and say the words but just like Israel in those days our hearts could be actually far from him it is possible to, to go through the motions as if you really do love him loving God and worshiping God are together you can't separate those two things if you don't love him, your worship is not accepted by him. Israel did everything God told her not to do. Has anybody ever done the opposite of what God told you to do? Have anybody who has the courage to raise their hands? I did that. This season of first fruits carries this theme, his name great because, because of all the things God is going to accomplish, this one thing he will do. And how crucial is it now when we live in a nation that does not reference his name? We live in a time where God is a second thought in many cases, not even the second or third. How you live, how you conduct your marriage, how you treat your children, how you produce in your profession, how you carry yourself in your leisure reflects a picture of what you think about God. We were considered 50 years ago or more a godly nation. Only because God was at the forefront. Even people who were not saved had some kind of attitude about certain sins. We would, we, we would not put up with the foolishness that we are having to live with today. God's name is defamed in the nation to the point now, if you reveal yourself as a, a, a Bible-believing Christian, and I understand why that name has become so negative because those of us who have worn that name have not carried the character thereof in the scripture we, 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 we've called ourselves that but we act like everybody else worse than that our lifestyles and our condition of our life are no different 
than those we live around. Our families have fallen to pieces like other people's families. Our families, our friends, our help, our, 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 our children have reflected what the world's condition is. We don't, we certainly don't look any different. In old school, you know, you had to dress a certain, you, know, you were considered, you just didn't wear what everybody else wore. That distinction wasn't nearly as important as the way we carried ourselves. By the time Malachi prophesies to the people of God, he is restoring them, bringing them back to where he gave them, what, to, what he gave them in the beginning. God was, was putting them back in the land they had lost, giving them back their inheritance. The walls were broken down in Jerusalem. The rodents and the Varmints ran to and fro. It was horrible. They were a laughing stock to the other nations. They started building this wall, trying to repair Jerusalem. And the, and the enemy came out the, wood, wood, out the woodwork just laughing and mocking them. The man, if he blew on that wall, it would fall over. They're working, sweating, build, rebuilding the wall, and, and, and the others are laughing at their laughing stock. The enemies, one of the reasons why the enemy keeps, wants to keep you from your destiny and your charge and your assignment is because they know if you, if, if you, if, if you ever worship God, like they knew Israel worshipped God, they were done. They tried to keep the wall from being built, and they surely didn't want the temple to be built. In fact, they were fighting just to keep them from laying the foundation so they can, why? Because when you laid that foundation and the altar was the first thing they built, they would start bringing their, their gifts to the unworshipping God in their giving, and God would rise up and he would cause havoc around their enemies. The devil, he understands that. If you ever start worshiping God the way he really intended you to do so, his plot is over in your life. Your breakthrough is imminent. Your fame will be renowned because of God's deliverance. The enemy understands this. So in this season of first fruits, I want you to consider the fact that this is worship to God. The singing is a part. The dancing is a part, although some of y'all don't dance real good. I thought we had to do, I think we had to do better in the dancing, in the, in the dancing, because uh, uh, you, know, you know, we, you know, I was trying to follow some of the steps of my grandkids this morning. It's not that easy. Amen. While praise and our form of worship is never to be secondary to the worship that happens when you put God first. It is so powerful that God promises to move heaven and earth to get promises to you. It takes us about five minutes, if that, to transfer digi digi digitally on our instruments, on our phones, and put move money from one place to the next. Five minutes. And some of you have not understood that when you do that with an attitude that, is, that has been shaped and formed by God and you, 
you, you understand what it means to heaven, what you do with your substance, who you put first, what you put first. No, I can't this morning, but I, I will tell you that the, the list of promises that are attached to our faithfulness in our, our worship of giving is amazing. I would like to change, I would like, maybe a better way to say it, I'd like to up the ante. I'd like for the Lord to allow us a shift in our thinking when it comes to the importance, the reverence of our giving. If you want to blow your mind, you should look in the scripture and see how many promises are attached to our giving. Can I tell you everything God promised in the 28th chapter of, of Deuteronomy? Everything God promised to Israel that he was going to do. It's a mind-blowing chapter. You should read it. All those promises are precluded by how they worshipped him in their giving. Because their, their giving showed heaven. You know who he is. You know how much he means you know that your whole life is impacted by the one you're giving to. A word we don't talk about very much is the word sacrifice. We don't talk about that word that much. Even though it is that word that saved our soul. For God so loved the world that he he sacrificed. He gave. I would like the Lord to, to, to I would like the Lord to help us with that so that when we have our uh, in one sense I almost wish in one sense I almost wish uh, well I wasn't gonna do that, but I guess I, guess I will. Would you hand me my, uh, my, my my brief for a second? Yes, right there. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate it. Son, thank you so much. No, no, actually, I want to do this. I'm about to do that. <laughs> only, only reason why I didn't say that, Renee, because some folk been in the club, and when I say make it rain, they're thinking about something else. But there's a, there's, there's a sense that it's very true that when you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you take what was hard earned and you think about him first and you say, Lord, this is to you. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I'd sort of been saving this. This is not all of it. I started saving this because uh, I was thinking earlier, actually before the season ever came, I was thinking, Lord, I would like this first season to be the best. Uh, the, the, and, and I had to work through, as some of you might have to work through, I had to work through comparing what is now to what was. And that's not a, that's not, um, that's, that's not a good comparison. In fact, in Malachi, that was part of the problem. You know, they were weeping because the, the glory of the old temple was so incredible. And the, new, the, the glory of the new temple was, you know, was, uh, it wasn't like the old one. And so they kind of, you know, the prophet had to come and, 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 and cheer them up and say, hey, hey, hey. The latter glory is going to be greater than the former because it's about your heart. I was wrestling with the Lord, been wrestling with the Lord because I'm thinking about the future, thinking about what is forecast and I was thinking about um, thinking about what we may have to be prepared for. And it got me to thinking, ah, you know what? I better I better put something aside. I mean, I haven't even thought about that. Well, I got something put aside. I need to, man, you know, and, and, and I, it came into a place where, 
of derision. And the Lord was trying to remind me that, you know, haven't I taken care of everything when it needed to be taken care of? Haven't I met the need whenever the need came? When did I not meet the need? So I pulled this out today because I, want, I'm, I didn't really intend to bring it up here, but I, I'm going to give it today. But I just want to show you. I just, I just want to show you. This is really great. You know, it's like wonderful. Yeah, let's see who uh, I need somebody. Let my daughter do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Be sure you count that. See what that is. Okay. The reason why I, I, I did that is because I, I want you to I want you to see something in the scripture before we give this morning. I almost wish we could go back to paper money. I almost wish we could, I almost wish we had a, a, a time when you, remember when we had the people come down and hold the usher plates, usher's called the holy plates, and people would come around and they put their offering in the plate. I almost wish that was the case. In Israel, they had to bring their sacrifices to the Lord. Everybody had to bring their sacrifices to the Lord. It was physical, right there. When it came to first fruits, they had to bring that, that lamb or that ram or they had to bring their son and their, their firstborn son. They had to bring that son literally to the altar. And they had to have a lamb to be in place for the, for the son. And they had to give the lamb so the son would be redeemed. The Lord said, the first out of the womb is mine. The first out of the ground belongs to me. When you come into the land, excuse me, they weren't in the land when they were in the desert, so they couldn't give a first fruit in the, in the desert because they had never planted anything, built anything, worked for anything. So when you come into the land, I want you to re remember the first is mine. Malachi chapter 1 verse 11 says, from the rising of the sun even to its setting or the going down of the same as we say in the song my name will be great among the nations in every place in every place incense or worship is going to be offered in my name in any place you worship my name in any place that incense for them is burned in my name and a grain offering that is pure for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. You cannot make God's name great without an offering. And in your life, in my life, the only way you can make his name great is in your giving. Because when you give, it releases heaven to do for you and through you all he wants to do. Look at your neighbor said, my success, tell my success. Now look him in the eyes and my success is heaven's advertisement. Look at somebody said, my success is heaven's advertisement. I want to know if there's anybody who want to advertise a little better than what you have advertised in the past. The name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is made great. When the name of the Lord is made great, everyone around you, everyone connected to you, everyone who's constantly seeing you, they are, they are getting a sign and a signal of who he is. God loves you if you're poor. God loves you if you're broke. You're just not a good advertisement. Tell your neighbor what I said. Tell your neighbor what I said. Did you hear what I said? I said he loves you. He loves you if you're broke. He loves you if you're poor. You're just not a good advertisement. And there are some believers 
who are in between who actually get offended when we say that success as we measure it in terms of, 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 of things that's, that we should not preach success because we've made success God and not God himself. I know why some don't want us to preach success or increase. This is for the same reason them slaves in the desert really never did act, never acted right toward God because they didn't want responsibility. I understand righteousness is not measured in dollars and cents. Righteousness is advertised in dollars and cents. God is desiring to make, look at you, tell your neighbor, God desires to make your name great. Because in doing so, hello somebody. By the way, excuse me, God does not and cannot and will not make a name great that doesn't advertise him. Uh, men can, can claw and thaw their way through, through, they can climb that success ladder. They, they don't even care how they get there. Lie, cheat, steal. Kill. Enslave. Sell a bad product that hurts people. Give a mediocre service for more money than it's worth. Men can do that. But when God makes his name great and you are, you are a success, he, because when you, as you are climbing, as you are, as you're enjoying your success, you are giving him the glory. That's a whole different ballgame. If you want to move up in God's economy, if you want to move up in God's economy, you have to understand how the economy of the kingdom works. It always works starting with what you have, not what you don't have. If you want to climb and go forward, God wanted his people to climb and go forward because their success meant for the other nations his name being advertised. How great he was. And when they coveted the people of God, what the people of God had, God would rise up and protect them. Like what that girl said in Jericho, she said, I know y'all are, we heard about y'all when you came across the Red Sea. We know what you did to, we know what you did to the mother people. We scurred because uh, uh, we know your God is, we know your God is the, is the real deal. We done locked the whole city up. You know the story, by the time they shouted that seven times and the, the, the walls wide enough to drive chariots across sunk down into the ground and the people of God rushed in and took. People were frightened. They were even fighting back. They were, they were scared. His name. Just to mention his name. Ooh. What was that movie? Ooh. Mufasa. Ooh. Say it again. Mufasa. I like it because the Bible says the demons tremble at the sound of his name. The sound of his name is radiating in your life when God magnifies himself because of our obedience to him. You don't have to wear a Christian t-shirt for God's name to be great. In fact, I, just don't wear it, please. Just don't, take it off, please. Take it off. Take off the crosses off your, take the, take the bumper sticker off, please. Because your driving does not reflect God's glory. Some of y'all drive so bad. 
including yours truly. But, but, but I, don't, that's why I, don't put, I don't put the signs on it because I want nobody to know who it is when I'm driving tonight. When God wants to make his name great, there's some kind of a privilege that every single one of us, we, we are allowed to step into that. So the Bible said, so the Bible said in Malachi, Malachi is really, I, I didn't know that I would love this book so much because the word is so applicable to where we are today. It speaks to your family, your faith, your finances, your friendships. It's amazing. And it's all around giving and worship. In this first fruit season, I would like us to step into something different. In a moment, we're going to. For Malachi chapter 1 resounds the theme of this book. God said, my name is going to be great among the nations. Among the ethnos, look at your neighbor and say, this is not just for black folks. Lord have mercy. In fact, I need to say to you, if you're going to be a candidate, a candidate of a person who, whom God makes his name great through, you, 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 you go, I, I've said it before, you're going to take your black glasses off. Ethnically, you're going to have to decide that you're greater than your ethnos. Lord, have mercy. Look at your name and say, you're greater than being black. <laughs> black is your skin color. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how we got there. How do we call everybody black? I am as far from black as you can get. And my wife, she is way far from black. You know? And Denise, well, that's right. Anyway, we, we are far. You know, we're not, no, but, black, but this, it's, a, it's, it's colloquialism. It's, it's, it's a terminology that we use, right? It's so sickening. It's so sickening. If God's going to make your name great, it's going to be because of what's on the inside is radiated to the outside. The excellence of who God is in you comes manifested to a world is so mediocre. Amen. So the Lord said, in every nation, wherever, wherever, wherever worship is going on unto my name, wherever worship is offered to my name, my name will be great. And he, he didn't say, notice, he didn't say among Israel, my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. But Psalms 106, verse 7 and 8 says, our fathers in Egypt did not understand your works. They did not remember your abundant kindness, but rebelled by the sea. At the Red Sea, nevertheless, he saved them for the sake of his name. I got you out of Egypt. I'm trying to take you into my promise, and you won't go. But I did save you. There's a whole lot of, of God's people who have been delivered from the penalty of sin at least the eternal penalty of sin, but they ain't been delivered from the power of sin. And they don't go into what God wants because of their rebellion. And God's desire is that his name would be great through us as we are in the midst of the ethnos, of the, in the midst of the ethnicity, in the midst of the culture we live in. God wants to make your, and by the way, look at your neighbor and say, do not exalt your culture above somebody else. I'll tell your neighbor what I said. Do not do it. 
Because if your culture is above somebody else's, based on your ethnicity, based on your color, then it is sinful. Because the real deal is you, you have come into another culture, which is his kingdom. You have another citizenship, which is a citizenship in heaven, even though we're living in the earth. And we are different people from other peoples. Amen. I told you all a few weeks ago that one of the greatest conflicts I had, talk about identity crisis, one of the greatest conflicts that I had in the beginning was, well, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a culture that, that doesn't like my culture, my color. So what, 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 I'm a believer, so what am I, how, how am I to relate? He was very clear with me. He said, well, you are first and foremost above everything and before anything else. You are my son. I said, Lord, Jesus. I'm your daddy. Who's your daddy now? I'm your daddy. I said, oh my God. Well, if you're my daddy, you just happen to choose me to be in, wrapped up in this, in this spacesuit. You, you wrap me up in this color, but I'm your daddy. I mean, you're my daddy. Whoa, that means I better take my cues and my culture from my father. Anybody who loves their color before they love Lord have mercy. Before they love his kingdom, it's an idol to you. That's why some of you have the audacity, the unmitigated gall to say, well, you know black folks got a rhythm. You lie. Well, black folks can sing. You lie. I know some black folks, don't, they, need, they, don't need, they don't need to hum. Some black people can't even whistle on to. Can't even whistle on to. Got big lips, can't whistle. <laughs> if you say, well, you know, we, we, you know, you know, black folks, we dominate. Black folks, we dominate. Wait, are, you, are you serious? <laughs> While God has given distinctions to all the cultures, if you evaluate yours above anybody else's based on your skin color, it is, tell you never, it's sin to you. It's sin to you. Let's try that one more time. Let's try that one more time. Whenever your color is more important than your kingdom culture, that is sin to you. Whenever you think highly, more highly of yourself than anybody else, based on your color, are you serious? Like the stuff I've been seeing online and, and, and uh, uh, the doctor that that has to operate her on her is the same colored boy that was ostracized. And now he's a doctor and he got to save your life. Because nobody cares. You go under the surgeon's knife, nobody cares what color you are. They just want you to be good. I wish somebody would say amen to that. I don't really care. I don't care who's in the kitchen. Some of y'all crazy. Well, you know there's some black folks in the kitchen. And you some stupid stuff. They put their toe. They better not put their toe in that foot. That's kind of what I think about it, baby. That's exactly what I think about it. Today we're going to enter into first fruits giving in the Lord. And I want you to understand that, that this is beyond your color. Oh, I praise God for the way that he made you. I thank God for every bit of melanin in your skin. I thank God for every can't you, don't you, in your hair. I thank God. Bald or furry, I thank God. Hallelujah. Just forgive me. Forgive me. Big behind, no behind. I thank God. Be happy. Don't let It's just that. It's just that when it comes to God and it comes to worship and it comes to his kingdom, God doesn't, that's not what he sees. Remember, he told them, he said, man does not look on the outward appearance. What does he look like? If he's going to bless somebody, if he's going to use somebody, what does he look at? Talk to me. He looks at the heart. Many things in our culture that keep us from seeing each other's hearts. We need to defy those things. And anybody that's listening to me today that feels bad because of the color of your skin, God did not do that to you. 
Sin does that to you. In the eyes of God, in the eyes of God, you are so precious, so precious until God says, I myself will be, I'll give my own first fruit offering to save you. I'm not required of you what I've not done myself. He gave his only son so that he could acquire you. You come to the throne of grace, God, the first thing God says, he don't, he don't know whether you got a beard or not. He don't care. God is not, God is not, he's not judging you based on how wide your nose is, how big your lips are. God's judging you on the content of your heart. God's looking at you according to what's in here. And when it comes to us responding to God, that's the way we should. God is about here. That's why in every place, in every place in the earth, those that worship him are revered by God, heard by God, blessed by God, sent and equipped by God. Look at you and say, you, you can no longer excuse your mess on your color. Tell them what I, tell them what I said. Okay. So, did I read that to you? Yeah, he said, you know, I, I, they, they sinned, but I saved them. Because I saved them for my namesake because I got them out of Egypt. When I got them out of Egypt, everybody knew who I was. Now, my, my, my purpose is to get them into what I want. If I can truly magnify my name. They didn't understand, so they couldn't be, they weren't the one. I mean, he wanted them to be the ones. They chose not to be the ones. Look at your neighbor and say, choose to be the one. Look at, tell your neighbor, choose that you're the one. You're the one. All of you have been doubting whether God wants to, whether God wants to multiply you, increase you, promote you. You're the one. No matter what you've been through, no matter how much sin has reigned in your life, when you repent and turn from your sin and believe him, God said, okay, now I'm going to use you to make my name great through you. And he doesn't care where you are, whatever plateau you're on. I'm sorry, you can no longer excuse yourself for not being great because you live in a, a racist nation. Lord have mercy. I just can't go there. So look, Psalm 2511 says, 2511 of Psalm says, Your name, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity. Forgive my iniquity, for it is great. I love the way that is, David says that. He said, Lord, my sin is great. But for your name's sake, forgive me. What? That his name might be mighty, Lord. Forgive me. Some of you need to pray that prayer today as you prayed earlier today for you to receive healing. You need to understand that God, for those who call upon the name of the Lord, there's no respect of persons. His grace is for all who receive him. You know this. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, what? He makes me to, where? He restores. Keep going. He leads me in paths of righteousness. I'm sorry, for what? God says, you know what, this is really about my credibility. So I'm going to lead you in a way that I can be magnified. You just have to decide. Okay, Lord, I'm in. I'll follow. I'll obey. 
David kept praying this. He said, Lord, incline your ear to me and rescue me, Lord, quickly. And, don't, and, and be to me, Lord, be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and you're my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and you will guide me. He prays again in, in, the eight, in Psalm 78. Psalm 79 and 9, he prays again. He says, Lord, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground for the sake of your name. Oh, Lord, revive me. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. I'm going to say this to you because some of, some of you... Uh, this is this is so serious this time because that's how you're gonna get out of the trouble the trouble you created is with this first designated fruit offering. Not a tithe, it's not the dime. So it needs to be great. In Psalms 83 verse 18 that they may know that you alone Lord whose name is the Lord are the most high over all the earth so I don't know what that song is called you are the most high God you know that song yeah? I, don't play it I just didn't know if you knew it I think it's I think I think my, my African brothers wrote it. Yes, you would know. As, as, you're, as you're contemplating what you're going to give to the Lord, in this first fruit season, it needs to be great. Look at your name. It needs to be great because he's a great God. Your offering is, is, your offering is great, not... It's great. Your offering is great, not exactly because of the size of it. Your offering is great according to what you have left. It's great in God's eyes when, when you have given Him a great offering compared to what's left. For some of you, and, and please don't take the numbers by themselves, but for some of you, for you to give $1,000 would be absolutely incredible because you've never, you hardly ever gave 100 Are y'all with me? You get, get the idea? For some of you to give God $10,000, it would be like, wow. You would have to press past. Do you know what I could do with $10,000? For others of you, according to what God has entrusted you with and how God has led you and how God has helped you and prospered you, if you gave $20,000, you know, you, you, it, it, it would be, God would, he would go, now that's what I'm talking about. He's not saying to you, your 20 is greater than 1,000 if your 20 could have been 40. I know you understood me, didn't you? They went like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Because I think we have, you know, we've done this several years. And uh, it can just be by rote, you know, hey, Lord. Just, in fact, the book of Malachi is about what I'm saying right now. They just, you know, they're offering, okay, okay, yeah, okay, it's time. And, 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 and in one place, he says this, my offering, you toss it over your back like a discarded rag. I looked it up. I said, oh, no, he didn't say that. Like a, a, a rag you're finished with, you toss it up like nothing. See, that's how you, what you think about my offering. I'm a great God, he said. I'm a great God. Is that the way you honor me? That's kind of different, isn't it? This season, I'd like you to 
I want you to look at your tap on the shoulder and say, level up, bro. Level up, level up. Psalms, 90, Psalms 99, 1-3 one says, The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Let them tremble. So in this time of, of, of sacrificing to the Lord, let your sacrifice be a sacrifice of obedience. Sometimes what will happen, you say, well, Lord, this is what I want to give you. And the Lord will raise your hand if the Lord has ever moved you to go beyond what you first thought. And leave it up for a second. I want people to look around to see it's not unusual. And you didn't really have peace until you released that. You know, there's two things going on at one time. You know, on one side you go, oh, Lord. And the other side there's peace. And once you fight your flesh, and you say yes, then the peace. This first fruit season, we're going to worship God with our testimonies of what God has done in the past. But listen to me, saints. This is a new year. This is a new year. God knows what's coming. So he knows how important this first fruit season is. Make his name great in your life. By being obedient to him in this first fruit season and and, and do not, not with, with, with a, don't do it with an added, a negative attitude. It, it needs to be, okay, Lord, what are you about to do? I just want to know, are, are, there, are there anyone, is there anyone out there that's a candidate for what God really wants to do? I'm going to put it to you this way. Because he's already been working on it before today. God's already been preparing before we ever got here. He just wants us to respond. And on this, uh, on this First Fruit Sunday, I want you to reverently and yet with joy surrender to the Lord. How, what did it come to, babe? That's that. You can count good. That's good. <laughs> That's the start. So, some of you, uh, the Lord wants to break the ceiling that you have set. He wants to bust through that limitation that you have set over your own life. We start today, give me the time we end, sir. East, uh, I, I, it's actually, a week after, I think it's a week after, if I'm not mistaken, the week after or two weeks after Easter, I think it's two weeks after Easter. Check it out for me. I'll, I'll, I'll. Some of you are going to finish today because you know you want to get that in so the blessings can begin to flow. I do not recant. I do not apologize. I do not back up by saying to you, God has promised his increase and his blessing over those who give. And with the measure that you measure with, it gets measured back to you. Some people really hate this. There are some so-called believers who have a real problem with giving to receive. I said, well, what, what does Scripture say? Give and it what shall be what? 
given back to you how? Good measure. Press down. And. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you don't like that scripture. Well, you got to you got to deal with that because it's your fault that you haven't gone forward because he's given us the means by which we can. You happen to live, by the way, in a nation that will allow this the government doesn't control every one of your pennies. They're trying to, but they don't control of your, your pennies. So you can actually decide where you want to go. That's what they didn't want to decide in the desert. Stay on world for. But I'm calling you out today. Husbands, I need you to agree with wives. Come into the conversation and agree. If you're a married couple, raise your hand, please. That's the majority. Okay. Come into an agreement. If your husband is not in agreement with you at all, you, you may have to you may have to stand alone for the time being. But if I were you and that was the case, then I, in my giving, I would, I would, I would attach uh, his salvation and I would attach his transformation to your offering. Those of you that have family members that are in real trouble, attach their turnaround to your offering. The Bible says, you bring this first fruit, I'll cause the blessing to rest on your household. Carol and I know one of the reasons why our household is as it is. It's a promise God gave us. So, confer with each other, or I'm so sorry, I kind of wish you had cash. Um, I mean, I like the idea of you coming and bringing it forward. I think what we're going to do is, uh, if you're using your phones, uh, bring your phone. I want to make clear that when we give today, the tithe is already God's. The good neighbor said the tithe already is already God's. So, so that's something good. In first church season, what we do, everything that we give above and beyond tithe, we relegate it to first fruits. Someone asked me that online just this past week. You, you tithe your tithe, but your first fruit something, this comes out of your heart. Your tithe is designated. You want that tithe in because you want the rest to come in. You don't want the demise of what you've, what you've worked for. You don't want that demise. But that first fruit is something different. First fruit looks ahead. It truly is faith. It's giving to God and believing for all that he wants to bring in for the remainder of the year. When does when first fruit end? May 5th. May 5th. Got it. Okay, so look at your neighbor and say, don't wait. Don't wait. By the way, the longer you wait, the more of the enemy goes after that sacrifice. Am I right? You can think of everything in the world that you want to, that you could buy. You could buy it last season. Now it's on sale. Protect this seed. Get it in. I want my team to come first. Now online, online, there is a Online, there is, in, on your app, if you look on your app under offering and open it up after you've refreshed it, 
you open it up and you'll see a place it says pledge or pledge card I think it says and uh, and it, it, you may you don't have to fill that out but one time if you're giving everything right now but if you're going to gather it because it's a, a much larger sum some of you it takes some time to to uh, to liquidate whatever you're going to liquidate Sometimes it takes some time to liquidate what you're going to liquidate. So, so with, with that, you want to give, you know, obviously give yourself time. But right now, what I'd like you to do is, if you haven't already, fill that out. Make a commitment to the Lord and just tell him, Lord, I'm, this is what... I'm going to offer you. If if it if it if it unner, unner, uh, if it un, unmove, if it moves you a bit, then you, you you're probably on track. If it doesn't move you at all, it probably doesn't move God. Thank you. 